Amen. We are going to be blessed on today. So would you unplug family? Would you please put your hands together and welcome Chaplain John P. Smith as he comes and preaches the word. Thank you so much. All right, Chaplain. You gotta set the standard too high for me now. <laughs> no pressure, sir. No pressure. <laughs> you put the pressure on. You put the pressure on. It is so good to be here with you all this morning. Jesus and reported to him all they had done and taught. 
Then because so many people were coming and going that they did not even have a chance to eat. He said to them, come with me by yourselves to a quiet place and get some rest. So they went away by themselves in a boat to a solitary place. But many who saw them leaving recognized them and ran on foot from all the towns and got there ahead of them. When Jesus landed and saw the crowd, he had compassion on them because they were like sheep without a shepherd. So he began teaching them many things. By this time, it was late in the day, so his disciples came to him. This is a remote place, they said, and it's already very late. Send them away so that they can go to the surrounding countryside and villages and buy themselves some, something to eat. But he answered, you give them something to eat. They said to him, that that would take more than half a year's wages. Are we to go and spend that much on bread and give it to them to eat? How many loaves do you have, he asked. Go and see. When they found out, they said, we have five loaves and two fish. Then Jesus directed them to have all the people sit down in groups on the green grass. So they sat down in groups of hundreds and fifties. Taking the five loaves and the two fish and looking up to heaven, he gave thanks and broke the loaves. Then he gave them to the disciples to distribute to the people. He also divided the two fish among all of them. They all ate, they were satisfied, and the disciples picked up not just one, but 12 basketfuls of piece, pieces of broken uh, pieces of bread and fish. The number of the men who had eaten was 5,000. Think about that as you have your seat. Now, I didn't choose this passage of scripture because I necessarily want you to go out and try to feed 5,000 people. That, that's, that may, may be a task, you know, too tall to, to have you do. I, I'm not even saying that you need to go out and feed all of JBLM. The reason I chose this passage is because I believe this passage speaks directly to our call to serve God and serve others. In Thanksgiving of 2021, just recently, we fed here in in the unplugged service, we fed 50 soldiers and family members taking food to every single gate here at JDLM. Yes, sir. Making full plates for soldiers in the barracks, the CQ, and on staff duty. And that's not what a church is supposed to do. I don't know what it is. Oh, you got to love the team here working together to make things happen, not only here in the walls of the chapel, but also out inside the community. During the month of December, we fed 300 soldiers and family members, again, taking food to every one of the gates, taking food to the barracks, the CQ, and getting food into the hands of our single soldiers and the soldiers who just needed somebody to love on them during the holidays. Yes, sir. We all have a call to serve. It's not a call of weakness, but it is definitely a call of strength. Now, those of you who, within yourselves, you said, I wanted to be served, understand that when you are served, you may walk away full. 
But when you are serving others, you walk away fulfilled in your calling that God has called you to. Now this passage here in Mark is not the first time someone had multiplied loaves of bread. If you remember in the Old Testament, Elisha was the successor of Elijah, the greatest of all the prophets. Elijah had multiplied flour and oil in 2 Kings 4 and 1 to save the widow and the son, if you recall. And then also, later in the chapter, in verses 42 through 44, Elisha did a bit better than Elijah. He multiplied 20 barley loaves to feed 100 with food left over. But in the gospel, Jesus multiplies five loaves and two fish to feed 5,000 men plus women and children, leaving 12 baskets of food left over. Now, I'm not a mathematician. I, by any stretch of the imagination, in fact, I think I had a C barely in math, so I couldn't dare try to make sense of this. But all I know is there was some supernatural mathematics taking place here. What I know is regardless of how many people there would have been, there could have been 10,000, there could have been 20,000, but one thing I know about Jesus is they would have, there would have been enough to feed the folks who were there. Because it wasn't a math problem, it was a matter of having Jesus there, the bread of life. You see, Elijah and Elisha, they're great prophets. And they can make, you know, turn, turn bread, make it stretch for a long time. But because Jesus was the bread of life, he had everything that they needed. And I submit to you today that he has everything that we need today. This scene here in Mark 6 takes place shortly after the beginning of John the Baptist. The disciples were working tirelessly to advance the kingdom, even at the possibility that they may die. With this bit of biblical background, what can we learn from this particular passage? What does Mark teach us about our call to serve God and our call to serve others? Let's examine that for a minute. Number one, the first thing I believe this passage teaches us is that our service to God is our number one priority. In fact, it is our first commandment. It's our vertical relationship of love. Now, we don't love him, you know, because we just woke up one day and we say, oh, I'm going to love God. But we love him because he first loved us. Yes, sir. It's a vertical relationship of love. We, you know, we, we just love him back for all that he did for us. The fact that he sent his son, Jesus, to come down here and die on the cross for each one of us so that we might have life. Lord, I love you. So our first love, our first uh, service is to God. That's our first priority. Yes, sir. Look at verse 30. The apostles gathered around Jesus and reported to him. They had this sense of accountability to Jesus. Because Jesus had called them, he had equipped them, he sent them out, and they took their mission very seriously. They knew who they were serving. We have to keep things in perspective, keep our priorities straight. It is God who calls us, therefore we must maintain and fulfill that calling, just like Paul the Apostle said that we have a higher calling of God in Christ Jesus. Yes, sir. It is important, unplugged, that we find out what is that calling for us, each one of us. How can we get involved in the service? How can we get involved in serving during the week? How can we get involved in serving during the service? Yes. 
Because we need you. You know, I, I, I'm not the best singer, but if you ask me to get up and sing, I'll sing and I'll make a joke and roll. Let me try. Let me try. If you ask me to get on the drums, you know, you didn't have drums. If you ask me to get on drums, I might get up there and play. I can do that all right. But all I want to do is I want to serve. And so if we have this heart that we want to get out there and serve, I'm telling you, God can use us. Yes, sir. As you serve, remember the faithfulness of God. Jesus took good care of his disciples. In fact, look at verse 31. It reports that he was planning to give them rest in a deserted place. He knew that they had been out there working and they had been out there doing and giving. He knew that they needed to replenish. I would encourage some of us to do some self-care. Many of our chaplains and people who serve have been serving and giving and doing. It is time every now and then to take a step back and to take care of ourselves, take care of our families. And so Jesus was taking care of the disciples. They were so busy working that they didn't even have time to eat. I don't know about y'all. That doesn't happen too often. I mean, I'm going to take my time to eat. I love to eat. I mean, I, I don't just eat for, for, for sustainment and nourishment. I eat because I love to eat. I mean, I, I hate to say that because we all eat because, you know, we're trying to sustain ourselves. But I eat because I love to eat. Matter of fact, I work out because I love to eat. <laughs> somebody, somebody asked me the other day, man, I, every time I see you on Facebook, how much you weigh, about 100 pounds? I said, no, 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 You just don't know. Every time I work out, as soon as I'm finished and take, you know, I, I go eat. I eat before I work out and eat after I work out. So no, I'm not losing weight. Okay? But as much as I love to eat, there are times at work when I get so busy that I forget to take a little break. There are times when I, I get so busy that I forget to stop and do what I love, and that is to eat. So the disciples did the same thing. So Jesus was giving them an opportunity to take a break. Imagine, you know, I only take care of several things a day. My, my deputy, Chad Newton, he takes care of everything else. That guy, he's a pretty big superstar. But I take care of about seven things a day. I take care of about seven, several people a day. But imagine the disciples. They were taking care of all of these people. And when these people came, now not only are they taking care of themselves, and they were taking care of the people when, when they would go from city to city, they were now getting ready to take care of 5,000 plus Okay, so imagine that. They're already tired. Number two, the second thing is serving others is part of our service to God. So it's not just our number one priority to serve God, but also serving others is in fact the same as serving God. Because when you're serving others, you're doing the mission and the purpose of God. That is what we call a horizontal relationship with God. Yes. So we got this vertical relationship of love you know, between us and God, but we also have the horizontal relationship between us and others. And I believe that there's not a love that doesn't begin by serving others that doesn't end in serving God. I believe that as we serve others, we please God, and God is happy with what we're doing. Yes, sir. Because he's called us to do it. Verse 34, and Jesus, when he came out, saw a great multitude and was moved with compassion for them because they were like sheep not having a shepherd. So he began to teach them many things. May we never get too busy in our own affairs to take care of those around us. 
May we never get too busy for the least of these. These are the very folks that God wants us to stop and care for. The other day I was uh, at my headquarters building and I walked in and I was rushing to get to a, a meeting that I had to get to. I was in my uh, ASU, my service uniform, and I had to get to this meeting. And one of the young men who was at the uh, staff duty desk, he came out to greet me. And normally they just say hello through the window. They have a little window that says hello. This guy came all the way outside the office and came around and said, Chaplain, he gave me a hot dog. Well, he gave me a fist bump. We don't really do hot dogs with COVID, but he gave me a fist bump. He's like, hey, it's so great to see you. And I'm rushing and I'm looking at my watch. I'm like, hey, great. Hey, you know, I noticed this guy is so fired up. So I had two choices. I could just walk away and leave the guy hanging. I could stick around and be late for my meeting. Or I could let him know that I'm going to leave back, and guess what? I said, hey, I'll be right back. Give me a little bit, I'm going to go up, I'm going to come right back down and talk to you. He was so happy. Later in the day, I went and grabbed a coin, and I took this coin to that, that soldier, and I said, the reason I came to give you this coin is because you came out, and I believe it was because of service that you came out and, and gave me that, that, that pistol. I mean, he had no idea what that meant to me. And so I thought, man, this guy went out of his way. He didn't just go through the normal routine. He didn't just say hello. He didn't just do what he had to do, but he did what he wanted to do. He wanted to come out and make sure that the chaplain had a smile on his face. You see, that's what it's all about. Now, what if I would have not come back down? My encouragement to you is take care of the people around you. Don't get too busy that you can't stop and shake someone's hand. That you can't stop and ask someone how they're doing. So Jesus decides to take care of the folks. The disciples suggested that Jesus send them home. Now I don't know about you, but you know, there were times when I was a kid that I wanted to send my friends home. One such time was you know, when I was, um, my grandmother, she used to make these cool cups. I don't know if y'all ever have heard of those, but uh, when we were in Oklahoma, it was the heat of the summer. You know, we'd be playing out on the playground, and you'd get thirsty, and you wanted something sweet, and so I would take off running home. And my friends, they knew what I was going home to do. I was going to my grandmother's house to give me a cool cup. Because I needed something to cool me down so I could come back there and take care of the most important things, and that is winning on the playground. <laughs> and so I went home, and there were about five guys following me. And so I said, y'all, wait out here. They said, no, we're going to get a cool cup, too. So we went in there, and my big mama was sitting there. We didn't call her big mama for any other reason, but if she was the main person on the block. You mess with her kids, you know, she's going to have something to say to so we called her Big Mama. And Big Mama said, I got a cool cup for you. And Big Mama said, I got one for all the kids out there too. Yeah. And so Big Mama gave us a cool cup. And I'm looking at them guys like, man, I wanted that cool cup for myself. I knew if they hadn't got that cool cup, you know, I would have been able to go back two, three days and give me another cool cup. So I wanted to send them back home to their grandma. That's what I wanted to do. I know y'all thinking, yeah, come on, man. But I did. I wanted to send them home to their grandma. But see, here was the other thing. 
All the grandmas in the neighborhood, they had cool cups too, but their cool cups weren't as big as my grandma's cool cups. And also, they charged 50 cents. My grandma's cool cups were free. So all the kids knew that. So I told them, I said, man, you need to go home and get your own cool cup. Why do I tell this story? I tell this story because that was the way the disciples were. They were like, hey, let's go home and get some food. We got to get some rest. Jesus, you already promised us that we're going to go over here and get a little rest, you know, but you, you, got, you got these folks out here. They're ready to be served. We can't do that. But Jesus knew that there was an opportunity to show true compassion. Just like my big mama did. They were interrupted in their relaxing time. Jesus was not irritated by the folks who had came. There was an opportunity for him to take care of the kingdom. He saw that they were sheep without a shepherd. Here's the question to ponder. How often does our own agenda get in the way of us taking care of other people? But Jesus' response, you give them something to eat. And they did that. And they fed 5,000 plus. When our estimate is wrong, we need to go back to the drawing board. And we need to make sure that our estimate is consistent with the scripture. Even when we don't think we can do it because of our own strength, we can get extraordinary strength by reading God's word and allowing God to get us to a place where we can care for others. Yes, sir. Some of us may feel we only have enough strength to take care of us and our own family. But I can tell you straight up, God will give you extraordinary strength to take care of others. You heard it in the testimonies earlier. Yes, sir. So Jesus told him to go and get to see how many loaves that we have. To me, that suggests that we are not to give up too soon. That some people give up just when they're, they're about to get their breakthrough. Don't stop short of your blessing. Go back a second time and remember the Lord will always provide. The third thing is our service to God and others should be intentional. Our service to God and others should be intentional. Verse 39, then Jesus directed them to have all the people sit down in groups of hundreds and fifties on the grass. Think about the optics here. Who would be the first to be fed? I mean, they really had to think through this thing. What's interesting is that the disciples didn't come here necessarily for a miracle. They came to get some rest. Here's the question today. In all that you're doing, what are you expecting? What do you need from God? Some of you may have family members who are struggling. Some of you may be struggling yourselves. Some of you needing a helping hand. Some of you may have problems paying the bills. What do you need from God that, that you just need to slow down and allow God to work a miracle in your life? Number four, the fourth thing, our service to God and others is directly related to our fulfillment in life and the legacy that we leave. Look at verse 43. And the disciples picked up 12 baskets full of broken pieces of bread and fish, and then verse 44, the number of men who had eaten was 5,000. Now here's the thing. Anytime Jesus is involved, there's always going to be more than enough. Yes, sir. And so we can bank on that as believers that we serve a God who's always going to provide more than enough. And so when we go to him, just know that he cares for us. He wants to take care of us. 
He, we can't care for ourselves more than he cares for us. The disciples were not just satisfied because they had eaten, eaten a big meal. They were more satisfied because they had taken care of the people who were there. And not only did they take care of the people, I mean, think about this. They picked up 12 baskets full of, 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 of food. I mean, this is pretty powerful. Now, what does this mean for us? When we give our very best to God, God will always multiply it back into our lives. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. When we give to God and we give to others, when we care for the way we care for God and care for others, He'll do more for us than we can ever do for Him. Jesus can take us just as we are and in and through us do miraculous things in people's lives. How about we focus not on, you know, what we have done or what we're doing now, but focus on what God can do in and through us. It wasn't about just feeding the people. It was about making a difference. My grandmother used to always say, when you come and get a cool cup, don't rush back to the park because I'm going to tell you a story about Jesus. So not only did she feed their body, but she fed their mind and she fed their soul. You see, this was the same thing. I imagine Jesus did the same thing. He was like, okay, I'm going to feed y'all. Don't worry about that. But I'm going to teach you too. Yes. I'm going to give you a little something. So while you're out there taking care of folks, while you're out there caring for people and serving people, always give them a word of encouragement. Yes, sir. Always lift them up. There's enough negativity in the world. There's enough people telling folks that they can't do it. There's enough people telling folks, oh, you should just sit down. Don't try that. You can't do that. There's enough people telling folks that. We ought, to, we ought to come wrap around people and wrap our arms around them and say, yes, you can. You can do it because I'm here to journey with you through the process. How about that? Not just giving people a word of encouragement, but, but, but going beside them and walking through, walking with them through those tough times, through, through those struggles. You know, it's one thing to tell people, hey, I'll pray for you. But how about when you really do take time in the morning or the evening or the afternoon and you really do pray for them? You call their names out before God. Yes, sir. You know, one thing we, we do in our office every single morning before we get started in our day, you know, and I, I'm telling you, my day just does not go well if I don't do this for whatever reason. But I will come in in the morning and I'll say hello to my team. And they, matter of fact, they won't even look at me anymore when I come out. They won't, they won't look at me anymore. They just say, hey, and I go straight to my office. And, first, and, and, and you know, they'll have updates to my rosters, because I have rosters of each one of the commanders, the command sergeant major, the staff, uh, primary staff, their families, and all the unit ministry teams. And by name, for 30 minutes, I will call those names out before they leave. And so other people have found out, so they asked me to add their names to the list. So I, I'll start with that. I want y'all all to do that. Y'all have been in prayer about three hours, you know. <laughs> but, but, but people have asked me to add their names to that list. And sometimes I don't even know what I'm praying about. And this is the, this is the, the thing with that. Sometimes you don't even know how to help people. But just the fact that you're there. Just the fact that you're calling out their names before they leave. One time my commanding general asked me, he said, uh, Chaplain, what are you praying about when you pray for me? I said, sir, sometimes I don't even know. I just call your name out before the Lord. And that's the thing. Even when we don't know in our weakness, we can still go out and serve others. 
We may not know exactly what they need. We may not know exactly what's going on in their life. But we have to trust that God knows. We have a call to serve. So this week, I challenge you to focus not so much on receiving, but focus on giving. Focus on sharing. Focus on serving. Our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ gave the ultimate sacrifice for you and I. He took our place to make sure that we have the right to life everlasting. Yes, sir. Unplug, we, are, we too are called to serve God and serve others, those within our sphere of influence. Will you serve? Will you do what we've been talking about here today? Will you serve God and serve others? Will you consider reaching out and giving a helping hand to someone who may be less fortunate? Now, we talked about on that little sheet, uh, the, the, uh, the gold sheet. Yes, sir. We talked about some of those things that uh, you know, Captain Ben recommended that we can do. Give someone a powerful word. You know, give someone, reach out and invite someone to lunch or breakfast. Uh, invite someone out to over to your house within COVID restrictions. But take care of someone. Maybe give, offer someone, uh, you know, let them know that you're going to pray for them. Ask them what can they do, what can you do for them. This is what it means to serve others. Yes, sir. When it's not necessarily about us, but it's about the people that we're around, the people that we serve. And here's the thing about service. is service is not one of those things that you need to wait for them to serve you back. Service is something you do because God says it's time to serve. Yes. Yes. We ought to do it unconditionally. That's good. Do it the same way God did us. If God was waiting on us to return favors back to him, man, he'd be waiting a long time. We ought to find ways to love people just like God loved us. And that means serving people, taking care of people. You know, there are too many people waiting to be served. There are a number of folks like, man, if you don't serve me, I'm not serving you. If you don't take care of me, I'm not taking care of you. But every now and then, you ought to do something for somebody out of the kindness of your heart. Yes. Don't even wait to be recognized. Just do something for someone and leave and just go about your business. Yeah. I've done that a number of times. I, I, used to, I, I remember when I was, I was telling Chapel Newton about this. Uh, I used to do it when I was a deputy division chaplain. I remember uh, one of my bosses, you know, he and I used to work so closely together. And uh, he, used to, he used to say, hey. You know, put a little framework together, and then I'll take over from there. And I said, okay, you got it. He trusted that I was going to take care of it. And I'd go and I'd put a nice little framework together, and he'd grab it, and he'd take it, and he'd show it to the general officer. And he'd come back and say, hey, we're in the house. And the general officer would come to me every now and then, he'd see me out, and he'd be like, hey, he called his chaplain, the preacher. He said, hey, did you see that problem my preacher put together? And I said, yes, sir, I did. It was awesome, wasn't it? And I went back and told him, I said, yeah, I talked to the CG. He said, you put that product together. Then he said, yeah, I know, but just because it was my team, we own it. Now, here's the thing. When you do things, never look for the credit because you're going to get it anyways. God is going to take care of you. God is going to take care of you. And I'm telling you, you don't have to worry about what you're going to get in return. All you have to worry about is doing your due diligence and serving God serving people. This is the last command. This is the command that I want you to leave with. The last line. John 15, 12. This is my command. That you love one another. Yes, 
I have loved you. That's a tall order. That's a tall order. And I'm positive there's a purpose behind it. Because I want you to think about that. Think about where you can serve others. Think about where you can love others. Think about where you can take care of others. Just as he has loved us, we ought also love one another. One of my favorite scripture passages is 1 John 3, 16. It says, this is how we know what love is. That Christ laid down his life for us and that we ought also be willing to lay our lives down for others. Yes, yes, sir. That's pretty huge. That's probably one of the biggest tasks that we'll ever have. But if we get it right, we'll take care of people, and we'll have people just like what we're going to do here soon. We'll have people getting saved. We'll have people getting baptized. You know, we had a baby dedication last week. We'll have babies being dedicated in the church. I mean, think about it. There's some awesome things going on right here at Unplugged. Get involved. Get connected. Because you don't want to miss what God is doing here in this community. We are reaching out to, to people. And I guarantee you we are making a difference. Yes. Yes, sir. So continue to serve. And you'll find that your service will help you make a difference and leave a legacy. Please stand to your feet at this time. As we prepare to serve this week. I offer this simple benediction. May the Lord bless you and protect you. May he smile on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord show you favor and give you peace that surpasses all understanding. May he walk beside you and before you. May he walk behind you to guide you, to protect you, and to comfort you as you continue to do his will this week by number one, serving God and number two, serving others. God bless you. Please shake hands or give a fist bump to someone before you leave. Give a word of encouragement. Give somebody's phone number so that you can invite them over to lunch. Take care of them. This is our week to serve. God bless you as you go out and serve this week.